In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 hello. Ryan Roxy here and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. You know the drill, folks, but today's a little bit different. That's right. <laughs> Isn't there a little bit of an energy about today? Oh, so much so that I brought out a double. And if you can't see this double drink cocktail that I have right now, um, you are obviously listening to it on uh, Apple or you're listening to it on Stitcher or Spotify. And thank you for listening to those audio platforms. But you know what? We also want you to see our lovely mugs. And so we'd like to invite you over to the YouTube official channel, Ryan Roxy official on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button right now. This is your first time watching and uh, let everybody file in and sort of uh, say hello and get in and say, uh, how you doing chat room? What's happening? Uh, we're on Facebook live. We're on YouTube live as well as all the other platforms because today folks, it's a special one. Like I said, we have breaking news. Breaking news is that uh, we're not going to use let me say in here, not the C word or the E word, or, or will we? We'll see, because it is election day. This is our special election day um, episode of In the Trenches. And uh, like I say, no matter when you watch it, there's going to be, uh, if you watch it in the present, in the future, uh, perhaps there'll be history being made and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to step out, step back from it and try not to mention the E word. We will see because our guest today has so many other stories, so many other interests and so many inspiring uh, tips and tricks to give you all listeners because today on the show we have guitarist, singer-songwriter, producer, and I'm going to just drop all the names right out of the, out of the gate. He currently plays guitar for The Babies, but he's also played with Meredith Brooks. He's also played with his own bands, A Coward, uh, and his newer bands as well. Um, but we're going to, uh, and of course, one of the most secret nuggets that he's played with is your very own Tommy Hendrickson. That's right. We're, he's played with your guy. So we invite In the Trenches, would you please welcome Joey Sykes. Hello, Joey. Yo, Roxy, what's up, brother? Hey, man, you're you're glowing. You know what? It's, I didn't get a facial. I didn't. I didn't go to to my. Uh, <laughs> to I watched. I watched your beauty bar. Your beauty bar episode, man. Thing. I watched your show. Yeah. Thank you very much for noticing, man. Well, next time you're in Stockholm, I'll take it to her. Uh, Fabienne is great over there at the Beauty Bar Stockholm. And you know what? Non-paid endorsement. You gotta love that. Not getting paid a thing, uh, except hey, just the glow. It's just the glow that we get. I want to. I want to glow. Who doesn't want to glow? <laughs> so I'm in. So here it is, right <laughs> off the gate. I. How you wore, doing? I'm doing good, Joey. I I wore a different pair of glasses by design. I didn't know what you'd be looking at, but I knew you'd be looking uh, very much like my. Uh, Sort of my cousin, my twin, and and we because I, I usually wear the aviators as well. So I went a little bit of, uh, and I was listening to your music all day, by the way, which I uh, fell in so love cool. with, with so many different types of genres, so many different types of uh, music. But I wore my indie glasses today. These are my indie specs. What do you think about that? You, and everything looks good on you, brother. So, you, you know, it's not, you, you don't have to stretch too far. So uh, looks great. So I hear for the accent. Uh, so you were born in London? Or is that uh... <laughs> London, London Island? 
You, you um, sound you sound seriously like you know my short time that I lived in um, in New York. I lived there well, well, not short time, four or five years. But uh, that accent is classic, classic. Steve West meets Tommy Henriksen meets somewhere out in the island. But you gotta you gotta <laughs> give me some because that's what we start the show off with. You gotta go back to get forward. Where did right. you grow up, Joey? Uh, Long Island, New York. There you go. And, uh, I was right with the yeah, island. You were right, man. And it was a uh, about about thirty minute drive from your boy Tommy Hendrickson. So that's probably if if we sound alike or similar, it's in the water or the air or the or something. I'll bet but, you were uh, two blocks away from Steve West's house because you sound you could be a dead ring. Do you know Steve West, by the way? Drummer for Danger Danger. Vic, do you have a picture of Steve well. West to put up? So you know. Uh, yeah. I was just seeing if uh, our producer Vic had a picture of Steve West. No, he does not. Okay, so anyhow, we'll take him <laughs> but do you know Steve? You know Steve from very any well. Of the oh, you do. Okay. Shit. Yeah, I played with Steve. I played with Steve and Bruno and Mike Pont when I was about seventeen. I, I was in a band with those guys. That's what I like to hear. That's the stuff. That's those are the nuggets of in the trenches oh. that you just can't find. Okay, I want to hear what it was like because nuggets. I, know- I got. I, I got boulders, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first band that's basically on the radar, because like I said, folks, I went on to the dark web today, not just because it's election day. I went on to the dark web to find out all this info about Joey Sykes and his bands, but it kind of picks up uh, with the band Boys Town. But I want to go a little bit before that, because you did, you, you threw out a line and you said, hey, I played with Steve West and Bruno, uh, which yeah. are huge fans of the show. Thank you very much, guys. They don't know how big of fans they are but i'm just saying putting it out there that they are what was the band name that you uh, had out there with steve and bruno uh this is this is going to be a whole like like it's going to be a whole rabbit hole that i i i really rarely bring out but Let's it was hot shot. hot shot hot shot that is well, mike, you know, mike pont that is mike pont that has mike pont written all over it right so mike pont took the name later on and he kind of up that you know we were more of a just starting you know we were a very successful band on Long Island but Mike then took it into like his own original music and stuff like that so he kept the name going so yeah and d- did you know Tommy because you said you grew up about a half an hour away back in those days because he played in a band uh, Rough Cut Hot Shot and Rough Cut I could definitely see on the same bill same, you guys yeah so here's a nugget alert <laughs> Here we go. For, another, for your, another for your, exclusive. <laughs> for all your Tommy fans, which I know there are millions of them. That's right. Me and Tommy went to college. Chew on that for a minute. Tommy went to college. I never knew that. That's a that's a huge nugget of knowledge that I did not know. Tommy Henriksen went to college. Folks, if someone doesn't put that out as their headline on the, and change their Instagram, LinkedIn bio to Tommy went to college, yep. that is going to be, that's a surprising one. All right, cool. Music, it was mu- it was music college, well, but he's a hey, smart yeah, we'll, guy. Take, no, no, we'll take it. To be honest with you, he's a street smart guy. Oh, you, he, and, and he's the first guy to admit like, ah, I don't get, I don't get all that stuff, but you know what? Maybe he's uh he's sly as a fox and he does know all that Tom, stuff. Tommy's the ultimate Swiss knife, Swiss army knife in, in every, not only music, but street smart, uh, honesty, great guy. Uh, just, you know, he's, he's the real deal. All right. 
That's yeah. good. We're, we're t- trust me. We're going to massage Tommy's back uh, in just a little <laughs> bit uh, when we talk about your career with him and playing with him. But there's a nice shot of uh, there it is. You have your indie glasses on in that shot, Vic. Can you put that shot back up? There, there's oh, yeah. uh, Joey Sykes with his indie glasses on that I'm wearing, um, and then you have um, Tommy Hendrickson, of course, a college uh, educated Tommy Hendrickson on the right, and then in <laughs> the center. In the center, is that is he an Avengers superhero or could that be Kenny Aronoff? Kenny Aronoff. All right. Which is sort of like a superhero. And it's me being Ryan Roxy for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I love how was your Halloween? It just passed and uh like this year, like no other, you know, election day is kind of like this is the weirdest one that we've had in my lifetime, obviously, but uh, just a couple days before it was kind of the weirdest Halloween that I've had because I I was literally sweatpants, t-shirt on a couch, no trick or treaters. What was yours like that eventful? You know, everything shut down, man. I'm, I'm, I'm locked in my studio recording and writing, uh, no trick or treaters. We actually went over a friend's house for a little barbecue. It was very non-eventful. Well, is that the yeah. studio that you're in right now? Because you can see, it look, mine looks like a studio, but it's actually my daughter's old room. And she's moved into my son's room, and my son needs to come visit me once in a while so he can actually, you know, just say, you know, hey, I'm in the house. But this this is- That's great. We, we've just changed the uh, this studio uh, slash, how do you guys like it? Is it the new studio? But let's go back to it's your studio really real cool. quick, Joey. Yeah. Because- um, some of the things we were talking right before we pressed uh, play and before we pressed on the air. Oh those yeah, cool, yeah. Those cool radios that you have in back of you, because you're an amp collector, obviously. But then all these little transistor radios. What what is that all about? Um, you know, I just always thought that like they had these every all these. Oh, there it is. These uh, transistor radios from the fifties and sixties had like the coolest designs and colors. See the eight on that? You'd like that. Yeah, I see it. The number eight there. It's, it's just really cool. So I started buying them and on on eBay or or thrift stores when I was on the road, and uh, just started collecting them. You know, and that was it. Right just, back to you, you know that is my first amp, but mine was a Vibro Champ, but that little Fender Champ right there that you have. Yeah, yeah look at that. That I yeah. mean. The Vibro Champ basically, folks, is the same amp. That was my first amp that I ever owned. Um, I got it with a Fender Stratocaster. Below there, I mean, these amps are probably worth tons of money now, right? Uh, you know, I, I just, I love the way they sound. That they're, you know, when you're recording, as you know, you pull out something kind of quirky and, and different that, you know, you would never get anywhere else. And that's what these amps are great for. But um, I don't know if they're worth much. Uh, they're around, you know. They, they made a lot of them. Yeah, they're they're around. Yeah. Well, the amps that you have around you, there's some. The Friedman's really nice as well. Like That's I said, my folks, if, yeah. if you're not watching, if you're not watching on uh, Facebook Live or, of course, our official YouTube, which is Ryan Roxy official, uh, get on over there and watch it because you got to check out some of these amps. You got to check out Joey Sykes. Uh, we're sitting here talking about his history, and we're going back to go forward because I'm. I went off on a little <laughs> bit of a tangent, but uh, you know. Now I want to get up where the dark web sort of uh, took me today. <laughs> and and this is where, you know, you, you're playing, growing up, going to college, obviously, with Tommy on the East Coast. <laughs> and then there's this band that you have, the first band that you have, uh, or, or the first known one. I'm sure you've been in 100 bands before that, of course. But this band called Boys Town. And you didn't 
get a record deal in America, you got an English record deal, which back in those days, that was the cool hip thing to get, man. I see one mullet there. Where is it? Go back to that picture real quick. Is that, is that, is that your, uh, was that your tour bus? Uh, no, you know what that was? We, the band was called Boys Town and in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, there's, there's a, something called Father Flanagan's Boys Town, which actually was a movie that won an Academy Award with Mickey Rooney and back in the, who knows, thirties or forties. And so Boys Town in Nebraska brought us there to play. So to make a long story short. That sounds like something right there that you just mentioned that would be highly suspect in 2020 and almost on the cancel cancel society, I feel. (laughs) Well, the the cool thing about the cool thing about that band really quick, because, you know, I want to go to another another little blip was we were managed by I don't know if you remember the China Club in New York. Of course, the China Club up on Broadway. Yeah. So we were managed by the owner of the China Club. And we were like this young band that everyone thought was going to be the biggest thing ever. And, you know, it just didn't happen. Um, who knows why? But we, you know, we we played like the sickest private parties. I met George Harrison, uh, Rod Stewart. All, all these legends were like hanging out with us because of our manager. There's John Entwistle. There's me. So it's just this crazy time that was really quick. And we all thought we were going to be like, the golden band of that era, you know, how did the English record deal come about? Because that was a thing back in the day to get, even just to get a a publishing deal was a big deal, but then to get an English, you know, record deal, how did that all happen? Was that connections through uh, the China club and your management there? Because they trust me, the folks at the China club, I had some great experiences at the China Club, but I remember being in that back room of the China Club, folks, oh, and yeah. uh, and seeing <laughs> John McEnroe and Chaka Khan go into the bathroom together and come out with an instant cold. They were just sniffling <laughs> and sneezing, and it was like it was weird. It was like COVID just just happened really quick, and um. like, like they were sneezing and sniffing, and and then like fifteen minutes later, I went in there and I caught a cold. I don't. It was a weird place that China Club, right? <laughs> it was very weird, and there was a lot of snowstorms going on. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, for me, I was so young, and I was just like looking around and and hanging out with those kind of people. And it's it, it's just it was the craziest thing to, to be uh, around. And, uh, you know, another little nugget. I was the bass player. I wasn't even the guitar player in that band. So, so that's, that's something that you and Tommy have in common as well, is that you've switched up with your instruments. Did you start with the guitar or was this just, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just bass player by default? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was one of those things where, you know, the guitar player was was already in there and, and it, he wanted me to be in the band and. Uh, I just play bass. I'll play bass. Nice you know, I don't, I don't really care that much. <laughs> hey, man, like Gilby Clark says, bass is bass. <laughs> bass is bass, <laughs> Nikki Six wouldn't say the same yeah. thing, but, you know, Gilby says it. And that's a, it's a quote to live by, folks. <laughs> so going, back to your, going back to your question, I don't really know how, to, how, to, how the English deal came about. I, I kind of forgot. But we did have a lot of labels that, that it was like, you know, the quote unquote, it wasn't a bidding war because we never even got an offer, but it it felt like the it felt like a lot of people wanted to sign the band, and uh, we even did one show where the president of Atlantic Records, I think I think it was Jerry Greenberg was his name. Yes, um, was in, we were in L.A. They flew us out to L.A. We did a show, and he's literally backstage. This is another true story, which is crazy. Yeah, 
he's literally backstage hugging everyone in the band. Welcome to the family. Like, welcome to the Atlantic family. You know, after courting the band and we did a great show, I called my mother from uh, <laughs> from from L.A. I called my mother. Like, like oh, probably I was crying or cursed. something like that. It's I was cursed like, after that. Can't call your mom. Got the record deal. Nah, got the record not, deal. Until, not until the ink is dry. No. no. What happened then? Trust me. The lessons. Electric Angels. We got we got we got passed on by Jerry Greenberg. Yeah. We got passed on by Atlantic on the West Coast, but then signed to Atlantic on the East Coast. How about that? So we Oh uh, did, did, did he give you the hug of death? The hug oh did, did you is that what you're talking about? You got the hug of death from Oh. Well, Doug, welcome to the Atlantic family. And yeah, like, I'm hug. thinking my life is like set up, uh, hugging all around. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you're still angry. You're wearing a Capitol Records shirt. You're, so you're still, you still harbor that resentment, I see. Yeah. <laughs> and folks, if you can't, st- go ahead. No, Atlantic Splanic, whatever. <laughs> well, that was the thing about Atlantic when, when Electric Angels were on. You, we were on the same label at the same time as uh, Electric Boys, Sons of Angels, and I think there was another one out there, and we were Electric Angels. So at that time, it's basically Atlantic would put 10 albums out a week, and if one of them stuck to the wall, then, okay, that's that's our band. That's our band. And, uh, yep, yeah, that's it. Well, you know what? Live and learn, live and learn, and but you, but yeah. you definitely learned. Uh, New York based, Boys Town. When did you learn that the East Coast wasn't your calling, and you got it? You had to move west. Shortly thereafter, well, the, right? The next, well, the next band was um, was was Coward okay. af- after Boys Town. So the next, and that was kind of you know. For me, that was the the big moment in my life. You know, it was that it was like uh, nineteen ninety six was uh, that band. That was a really know? good year. That was a really really good year. I remember nineteen ninety six. Well, yeah. obviously, it's a, for me, it was a huge year as well. I got to join Alice Cooper that year. But oh wow, yeah, that was that was the year, man. Summer of ninety six, man. Started as a one year tour, cool. and I'm still riding the coattails. And uh, so, coward. Honestly, folks, if you haven't heard it, if you haven't uh, checked it out, uh, go after this podcast, obviously, and after you vote, and after, you know, you spend uh, 18 hours down the CNN, Fox News rabbit hole, uh, go pull yourself out and go check out Coward, because there are so many good songs on that record, and um, I'm a huge fan of Coward, because I remember back (laughs) in the day... The drummer of Dad's Porno Mag, Mike Fasano, who we've had on the show as well, uh, he would hype you guys up so much because he was working with uh, legendary, the legendary producer Jerry Finn. So, 1996, Los Angeles, another snowstorm, I am sure, <laughs> in certain uh-huh. places. Um, how did the whole band come together? How did that opportunity come up for you? So that was in New York. We were. Um we were, uh, I was in a, I was in, I think a cover band at the time. So you, and so, so, so Coward started in, in, in New York. In oh, it's, it's a New York band, oh, New York band. Yeah. Well, there you go. Cause, cause you know, you have these West coast guys with Jerry Finn. I'm just thinking, okay, it's, it, you, yeah, well, you eventually went out to California and had it, but no East coast band going to get the California sound, I guess. Well, well, this, what, what happened was, um, so Shep was the lead singer, and he used to come see me play in, in another band I was in. So make a long story short, one day at, at Sam Mash Music Store, uh, he comes. On 48th we Street? Were, no, in Long Island. 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not even 48. So, so Shep came all the way out to the island to check you out, or was Shep from the island as well? Yeah, he was living on the island, and just two guys just shopping for music music things unrelated. We didn't. Even, I didn't really know him. I knew him because he had a, a, a very cool look and whatever, but he comes up to me and gives me a tape and, and then starts to explain that he has this big manager and he's, and he goes to Manhattan and they manage Hall and Oates and, and, and he, you know, he would love me to write with him and be in a band with him. And I'm like thinking, no way, this can't be anything. Right. <laughs> so I took the tape, listened to it. And I was like, Whoa, this guy's cool. Yeah, that ain't it. <laughs> easy with the pictures easy, easy with, with the, the pictures. pictures easy with the pictures it's a different band my friend we're talking <laughs> coward now we've moved on Vic we've yeah. moved on there it is so so uh <laughs> so anyway one thing leads to another and I love the sound of his voice and I love his energy so got together with him and everything he was saying was the total truth and literally and we started writing songs literally and this never happens as you, as you'll attest to in about eight months we, we you know writing songs put a band together got the, the big lawyer got the big manager we had a bidding war going on in like eight months w when does that happen it, it happens once i think in your career and then you just gotta you gotta embrace it and go along for the ride because honestly it's only happened once in my entire time with being associated with someone that was with tal bachman yeah. but you must have been feeling okay. that because because now I'm looking at some of the information that you were recording in all these amazing like studios, Bearsville, you got to record in. And then you also, you know, of course, and you went to L.A. and went recorded at, at, at Conway and stuff. But you know, how did how did the whole Jerry Finn connection come along? So we, we signed such a big deal. Like, as you know, when you sign a, a big record deal, you know, first of all, you eat a lot of dinners. Oh yeah. You order appetizers. You learn how to order appetizers. Desserts, appetizers, like even if you don't want it. Right? You gain weight. You eat a lot of folks. Right, right. You go to what's that Japanese place? On the top? Where they cut the where they cut where they cut the stuff in front of you? Sushi? No, they cut the meat uh But Benny Hanna's famous oh, Benny Hanna's. Yeah, Benny Hanna's. Yeah, oh, are Hanna's. you talking about the one in the city? You're talking about yeah, Benny Hanna's in the city? Oh my god, that's yeah, that's so old label. school, dude. I love that. <laughs> the only people that would Let's go to Benny Hanna's. Dude, the only way I would ever get into a Benihana's in New York is if I was very, very lucky enough for a uh a exotic dancer uh to take me there, honestly. And, exactly. and honestly, I, I owe exotic dancers my whole, pretty much 98% of my existence in New York. Uh, Thank so you very funny. much to this day. And yeah, so, so, you know, it was, it was that, that kind of surroundings where they're just, you know, it was Electra Records, you know, so they're just throwing money at us. So, that, so eventually we have the discussion, who do you want to produce the record? You know, doesn't matter how much money, doesn't matter who it is. So we had like a wish list. So Green Day was just blowing up had just blown up and we love the sound of green days sonically we love the, the sound du of the was drums. that dookie or was it dookie, yeah yeah and, and, and it was finn and jerry finn uh mixed that stack yep yep so jerry finn so so our choices were jerry finn rick okasic because oh, we, we from the cause yeah the whole band the whole coward like you know what we wanted what we were shooting to do was uh was a cross between the cars and cheap trick that was that was our thing. Like those, uh, Roger Manning played those keyboards, like those analog keyboards. 
So and, Roger and was, Manning played him on, on the album. On cliche, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, folks, if, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, you want a nugget, Roger <laughs> Manning, uh, who now currently plays with Eric Dover, but Roger Manning from the band Jellyfish, Jellyfish who grew up in Pleasanton, California, the same town I grew up in, went to rival high schools. I went to Foothill. He went to Amador. But yeah, there it is. Roger nugget Manning. alert. Nugget alert. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because there's, there's so many degrees of like you know there's oh there's, there's a lot only of so many yeah. pe- degrees of separation before you like go oh wait we slept on the same couch at one point yeah pretty much so so we ended up with uh there was another producer i forget another big guy I, oh gil norton gil norton was the other guy nice so it was down it was down to those three guys and then jerry came to jerry was in la we were in new york so jerry flew to new york to meet us and hear us at rehearsal and we just got along like instantly and we love jerry so uh so we picked jerry so we we did the basics in new york at bearsville and other studios Can then we went to mix in uh conway in la and and that was the la connection uh the band came out and it was like like one of your stories before which there's been a million stories like that but they had uh they had just signed third eye blind same exact time and they and they killed us on radio yeah. so when that when that happens, as you just said before, only room for one. So, third, third eye blind gave you the hug of death on uh, Letra. Oh, you know, killed it, us. <laughs> Greenberg gave you the hug of death on, on on Atlantic, and then the hug of death comes from third eye blind. Damn. Yeesh. But you know what? Yeah, that was that was a tough one, man. Folks, you have homework. Uh, for those of you that just popped in, uh, we are talking with Joey Sykes, uh, singer, songwriter, producer. We're getting into all of it. We're going back a little bit in his history right now just to talk about things. Uh, you have homework, though. You need to go check out the song <laughs> Cliché, one of the best pop songs. I mean, I actually shaved today. Maybe the reason why I'm glowing and the reason why I'm, I <laughs> smell nice today is because I showered to the song Cliché today. And folks, I do recommend that. Nice. Um what a great song, dude. What a great power pop, but has all, you know, I, I actually got so excited about the song. I, I texted it to my, my other buddy, uh, Johan, and I said, dude, you got to check this out. This is the stuff that you kind of like. And he goes, dude, it's perfect. It's like power pop. It's like, it's like yeah. Green Day. And he didn't have no idea that Jerry produced it all. He goes, it's Green Day, and the, but it meets it meets like this these those power pop bands like uh, Fountains of Wayne, and it's it's a perfect combination. Oh. How come I never heard about this band? And I go, well, because they got they got the hug of death from Third Eye Blind. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> well, if you shout <laughs> if you shout it's a cliche, you probably miss some spots because it's like a three minute song. Hey, hey, I never <laughs> been one to take long long showers. <laughs> <laughs> so we so, move on. So that's, yeah, so, so it's getting to the L.A. part of it. Um, so one of the best things to come out of Coward involves our boy Tommy. So we were we were mixing the record in L.A. And I'm at, what's that fancy mall? Uh, Third Third Street? Third Street Promenade. No, the one uh, uh, Beverly La Center. Cienega. Beverly Center. Beverly Center. See, so, Beverly Center. I, I, I feel like at this point, I'm, I'm like that guy in Spinal Tap <laughs> where he says, don't look for it anymore. It's not there. Because I don't think Benny Hanna is <laughs> even in New York anymore. I don't think it's probably been closed for years, probably because of rat infestation. There you go. <laughs> 
Vic, Vic Salfant, our producer again, comes through with the shot on uh, <laughs> Benny Hanna's, which is not there, folks. But I think later, the, later on, we'll, we'll put out a checklist of like, the X and X checks. You know, don't go there. Not, you know, not there anymore. But the Beverly relevant. Center, I believe, is still there. So you're hanging out at the Beverly Center. What happens? So the band is clothes shopping, right? So, you know, Somebody we're, we're on a money. high. Not, not your yeah. money. Somebody else's. We're on a high horse, right? We're like, you know, spending the label's money. <laughs> you know, the band is together like a young band, like rock and roll. Yeah, rock, buddy. You know, hugs yeah. and being being idiots, right? So I get this guy walking towards me or or like either walking towards me or like the, the, the path, you know, the poke on the back. He goes, yo, Sykes. <laughs> and I literally... I literally, I, I, I had to like go backwards to look forwards. I go, like I wanted to say, do I know you? It, it was that uh, bad. Uh, like, I was like, oh, fuck. He goes, Sykes, Hendrickson. Because the last time I saw Tommy, because we kind of like. He probably had, he had long, really long hair. Really long hair. And, and, and when he moved to L.A., he cuts yeah. it all off and it gets all I, punk rock. Okay. And I, I missed it. I missed the haircut. Because yeah. it was years, you know, there was no cell phone, whatever. And I just missed that era. So I literally had to take a double take for this guy that I'm really, you know, really close with, you know, in, in the old days. But we just kind of fell out. Right. So reconnecting with Tommy was 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 like so special because we just basically like, you know, took up whatever. And then we got to, you know, re know each other and hung out that trip. He came to the studio um, he was playing me all the things he was doing, and it was just like, man, instant, man, so good, so great to see you, brother, you know. And then, uh, so, so, so it went from for, you know him as being sort of the bassist of, of Warlock with this really long curly hair. Because, folks, uh, yeah. I don't know, Vic, do you have a shot of uh, Tommy up there in Warlock? No, you don't have that. So, the thing is, he goes from there to like basically 30 year old. Uh, Peter Gabriel, Tommy Hendrickson. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that what it was? All right. So, so in that time when we kind of got together again, we, we, we became close again, calling, whatever. And um, in that time, that coward was kind of didn't happen. You know, we toured with Third Eye Blind and did some cool stuff, but it, it really didn't happen. It but was right at that's, that time. That's not bad. They, I mean, third, you got to go on tour with Third Eye Blind, but that oh, was amazing. Maybe it was like True. keep your keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So they're <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead, coward, come on tour with us. We're still gonna hold yeah, you uh, back from our label. <laughs> no, they roll up. They roll up in the bus one single like semi charm life, and we're we're dragging the you know trailer van trailer, you know. You know that 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 dance, you know. Dude, that was that was uh, Danger Danger and Electric Angels. Danger Danger had the Prevo bus or whatever the yeah. at that point was the bus du jour, and we had the old Chevy van with a U-Haul van right, trailer right, right in back of it. <laughs> yeah, that was the caravan. So 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 when when that ended, it, that that whole thing from literally from getting signed, putting out a record deal, signing a publishing deal, touring, we were on MTV. You know, it, that whole thing lasted maybe two years, <laughs> like a year and a half. That whole fast, beginning to end. And so right at that time, Tommy gets a record deal on Capitol. So he calls me and says, Sykes, come come out and do this with me, man. Like, you know, you know, be my guitar player and musical director, you know. So 
I literally, we, the band was, the coward was a little bit like, what are we going to do? You know, we had, we were make, in the middle of making another record. So I just said, you know what, man, I believe in Tommy. I'm, 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 I'm done. So <laughs> load up, you know, my Jeep drove across the country, play with Tommy. I love it. So, I love it. And, so that's and, and, and it. That's had, he, had he already made the record? So he was looking for his touring man or did, yeah. did he, okay, cool. Yeah. The record was done. Yeah. The record was done. You're you arrive in Los Angeles. Where, where's the first place you go? Don't tell me you went to the Beverly Center again. Where's the where, probably where, where, pa Paquito Moss? <laughs> I'm I'm addicted to Paquito Moss. Are you, man? Yeah, you know what? That's how we've hung out a, a couple Paquito Mosses before. The one in Burbank. Oh, so. I, I, I yeah, yeah. You covered my Paquito Moss last time we were uh, hanging out. Uh, when Without, we were out yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got your next Paquito Moss. There, you, there's one in the Valley as well. I, folks, we're talking about places. Paquito Moss is kind of like the Baja Fresh, but lo-fi. Wait, lo-fi? No, like, like, like Baja Fresh is kind of, or, or Chipotle. Isn't Chipotle owned by McDonald's? So like, that's kind of like the mainstream sort of uh, like nice. Well, I have a different... Well, yeah, I have a different view of Paquito Moss. Really? Okay, so this is how I, the, the echelon <laughs> goes for me. Pa Paquito Moss is up here, right? Before, before you go, before you go into just regular amazing Mexican restaurants like El Compadre or or something like right. that. Right. So, That's fair so enough. you got you got Paquito Moss, which is a chain. Then you got Baja Fresh, a little bit lower, and then below that you got Taco Bell, which is for the common folks. Which I I trust me, I grew up on on Taco Bell. You know, I really do. Yeah, fair so, enough, fair enough. So so isn't that a nice hierarchy? And Paquito Moss is kind of somewhere in that upper echelon. Yeah, because the they, they use like the, the fresh chicken and and the, the, they grill it right in front of you. And it's like, it's really, you know, good chickens, good white meat and all. And the beef is nice. It's not chewy. So I would say that it's just a good experience. That's all our, these that's our, that's our sound bite for the whole fucking podcast. We just got it, Vic. We can just cut shop right now. We just got yeah. Joey Sykes uh, fucking, you know, giving the old endorsement for... Uh, Keto Moss, I love it. No, see, yeah. folks, this is what the, this is the type of information you learn on in the trenches. Those nuggets of information that you want, plus the stories. Oh, oh, every once in a while, we got stories about Tommy Hendrickson. So he's on Capitol. <laughs> you guys go on tour. I actually talked to him yesterday. Tommy said, "Well, hey, talk to talk to Joey. Tell ask him about the road. He's a funny guy on the road. He's a funny guy to be with on the road. So what's so what's so no, funny no, about no, you no, on no. the road?" Nothing. Uh, that stuff. That's for the. Uh, that's for the book or whatever, man. All right, all right, all right. Wrong number. Wrong number. Yeah, I got you. Go I got there. you. Yeah, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but it's it is the '90s. It's the late '90s between just being idiots. You know, you're basic being idiots. That's that's all. I mean, fun. What was it with, with Tommy? Was it club touring or was it? Um, what did you guys get to open up for some uh, some large acts as well? Yeah, Tommy. Tommy had a song called uh, "I See the Sun." And that was in uh, the movie Blast from the Past. And that was an amazing song. And everyone, yeah. How about and there's that? a song in there. So we did like a lot of radio tours. We did we did a show for me. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably beat it by now. But for me, uh, with Tommy, was the most people I've ever played for. I believe it was like an outdoor show. It was like like one of those things where there's like 10 bands, like in... in uh, you know, Wisconsin or something. I forgot where it was. And it was about 70,000 people. Yeah. Like, and NSYNC was the headline. It was just crazy. It was a radio show. So 
there were so many people that I couldn't see where the people ended. That's that's like that's basically big. look out into a field and I didn't see where the hell the people ended. So that's that was it but was we did a lot Milwaukee, of those kind of things. Was it like Milwaukee Fest or one of those things? Because something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th those are big. Those are big shows because they have a concert that goes on for like a month. And they have every yeah. band. And it could be one day it could be Garth Brooks and the next day it could be Motley Crue or next day it could be Marilyn exactly. Manson and the next day it could be NSYNC, like you said. So, um, That's well, what cool. it was like, yeah. So who was the Tommy Hendrickson sort of like hug of death? Like, who was the band that like, because like, oh, you're touring with, who was it that sort of was on the same label at the same time? Yeah, that was there was a couple of moments where like me and Tommy would go do radio shows. It's just me me and Tommy and two acoustic guitars right. and we would fly we would fly into a city and they would take us for two days around to radio stations. Right. So there was this one time I'm in the front seat, this this uh girl or woman, I don't know, maybe in her twenties was driving and Tommy was in the back and she's literally on the phone trying to get people to play somebody else. I it, forgot the guy's was name. It Ricky, Ricky, uh, the guy from, the guy like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Not Ricky Martin, but like him. Yeah. yeah okay. Who, you know, in the chat, big, you, you got to think about it. Hugest, biggest pop guy, friends with Oasis or sort of like yeah. the sycophant of, of o he Oasis. Was in that boy, he was in, it was in a really famous boy band. Yeah. Vic, like do you have a picture of like, him? Um, does anybody in the chat know who it is? Because honestly, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know it's not Ricky Martin, but it has a lot to Capitol say. Like Records. Yeah. So that was that was basically anyway, so, Tommy so Henderson's kiss and hug well, of death. Because we were trying to get the song played on radio. We were out there on the road in the middle of nowhere, like taking time away and really working hard to do these things and talking to people. And I'm like, I'm like kind of arg I'm like yelling with her. I'm like. I'm like, you know, like she gets off the phone. Oh, please play, blah, blah, blah. No. Wasn't Rick Ashley. So, no, it was that song. No, no, he had no. a song called Let Me Entertain You. Let Me Entertain You. Come on, folks. Rob, you want Rob, Robbie, Robbie. Robbie, Robbie Williams. Something. Robbie Williams, fuck Tommy. There you go. There's yeah. your sound bite. <laughs> little, little, little road thing. Because I'm, I'm like, why? Do you, do you know Tommy's right behind you? And I'm out here with him and we're trying to get the song played. And shouldn't you be on the phone? Doing that, doing what you just did yeah. for Tommy. I mean, I like, you know, it's like not cool. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, I wasn't like, you fucking blah, blah, blah. I was just like, eh, you know, it's really not cool. You know, so, you know, whatever. Let's just Stuff say like that, that Robbie Miller held back Tommy Hendrickson's career. Robbie Miller. Robbie Williams. Oh, sorry. Robbie Robbie, Williams. Oh, okay. Robbie Miller's a friend of the show. <laughs> He's actually part of the show. So smash, He's one of our smash guys. Robbie Williams records. Oh, my God. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to get the the whole confusion of Robbie Miller and Robbie Williams, someone just wrote in the yeah. chat. Well, how many times do you get confused with John Sykes, Joey Sykes, uh, daily yeah, all the time? Yeah, is it? Well, uh, you know, you people look that I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I don't even know what he looks like. To be honest either. with you, I don't. <laughs> a lot of. A lot of hair, a lot of hair. I hear his name constantly. And I have no idea what he looks like, but you got a great haircut, and you you wear aviator glasses. Trust me, man. I love your look. You know uh, that. You too, brother. <laughs> so um, you're still on Capitol Records. You're still associated with Capitol. Yeah. Guess who comes up? Some bitch, Biatch. I'm a Biatch. I'm a. Yeah. How did? That, how? But I'm sure you know Meredith never 
she never lives it down, right? People always go, are you really a bitch? Of course, that question yeah. comes up every single thing. Just like, are you, are you John Sykes? Yeah, she, you know, she's cool. I mean, for me, she was, she was really nice to me. And um, it was, that was a cattle call audition. I heard about it and I went down with maybe 20 guitar players and they started whittling down. And then I made it. So it was so cool. The fact um, that Tommy was on Capitol and she was on Capitol didn't have any correlation. No, no, I, I didn't hear about it from from him. Oh, actually, the guy who was playing bass for Tommy. You played with Meredith. So he told me about it. He's like, yeah, Meredith, because Tommy at that time, I think, was was like on a hiatus or done with Capitol. I, I forget what it was, but obviously I would have waited out Tommy. So whatever it was. Right. wasn't happening so i was allowed you know allowed myself or whatever to go on the audition but that's and, what I, um, I, I do always say you got to be cool to the people that you're playing with currently because they will lead you into your next gig and that's living proof the bassist of tommy sort of turned yeah. you on to the audition for meredith and meredith brooks is like you know uh vic you got a little clip of meredith brooks of that song no okay so it ain't gonna be me it ain't gonna be you, but you, you, but you played well, that the song. Original. You played a lot of, you played a lot of big gigs with Meredith. You opened up for a lot oh, yeah. of like big bands as well, and and so you're getting yeah, your yeah. touring chops in, right? Yeah, well, with Meredith was for, for me like where I, I I crossed off a lot of bucket list. You know, like uh, growing up in New York, you you always dream of playing Madison Square Garden. And Not we just opened New York, up for the it's 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 uh, everywhere. probably everywhere, it's right? A, it's a bucket so, list gig, like for any yeah. artist, I think. Yeah. So we opened up for the Eurythmics at uh at at the Garden and the Staples Center, and it was just insane. I'm like my mother sitting front row center, and it, it, you know, Meredith was really cool with me. She's like, "This is your hometown. Go play a solo at the front of the stage." I was like, "Cool," because oh, I, I I always play behind the lead singer. I was like, kind of given Respect. their space, you know. Respect. Yeah, I don't, I don't like over, you know, windmills in front of the singer and stuff like that, unless it's that kind of band or whatever. But so I, I, I really appreciate like Meredith for, for, for being cool like that. Even like we did a Hard Rock Live, VH1, another yeah. big, big gig. And she was the same thing. She was like, you know, filmed it in New York and she was really cool with me and, you know, kind of putting me out there. And the band was insane. The band was, um, we had uh, the, the, the keyboard player was Will Hollis and he's in the Eagles. He, you know, he he's a, he was in Don Henley and the Eagles for the last twenty something years, and he was in Meredith's band. Which and must be Herman great Matthews. for you, you, because you love you love that sort of SoCal Southern rock. I do. Um, so, with the, the what is some, something Mafia, the Hollywood Mafia, or what, what do they call the Southern Cal, like Jackson Brown, Eagles, all all those that genre of music is, is like Amer Americana, like a country rock Americana, like I, I, that's that's part of what I really love. That's one part of music, you know, that I really like. Yeah, and we're you gonna know, get a I little like bit more to that with with more of the uh, with Honey. That's with Honey River, one of your uh, current bands that you have, like that. But it's cool that you get yeah. to play with these these uh, sort of influences that that leads you to one of the biggest bands that uh, on your. There you go. There's a little. That ain't it. River. Yeah, that ain't one of the biggest bands. No, 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 but it's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude, I love it. You, you're giving Vic more shit than I'm I wet. do usually. I'm I give wet, Vic, folks. If you're just listening to us on the um, <laughs> on the Apple and on the uh, Spotify, you got to check out the YouTube. Uh, 
official Ryan Roxy channel because honestly, uh, Joey and Joey Sykes, our guest today, is uh, giving a beating, a beat down to our producer Vic Chalfont. We love it, but he's uh, always oh, Vic, putting up Vic the good is show. great, man. Uh, yeah, Vic is great. I, I'm just I'm just messing around with him. Well, <laughs> We're gonna talk about Honey River in a little bit. Yeah, but we I, I want to lead up I want to lead up to uh, the band that like one of I feel one of the most underrated rock bands um of its era because and i look i looked at it and i did some research it's 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 five album sort of career right five album official in the heyday of five albums right they, yeah, they, they, yeah. they've released a lot of albums or you've released a few albums since then and and um but but th- that big that big sort of fucking huge thing happens within a sh- very short amount of time, but I don't feel they get enough credit for it, but no. it's a band called and folks, if you haven't checked this band out in a while, you should, because they're really worthy of checking it out right now because it's one of those bands kind of like with Alice Cooper, like, you know, sometimes I'll say, yeah, I play guitar for Alice Cooper, but he's still alive. Yeah. He's still alive and he's touring every fucking year, folks. He's doing it, great, and, doing it and putting it down every single year. And the babies have been doing it as well. But the band I'm talking about, of course, is the babies. And uh, Joey plays guitar for that band. Um, how did that gig come about? Was it many years after Meredith or did you, um, how did it all come about? So the babies, um, probably a lot of your listeners would know a lot of the songs, but they don't know it's the babies. It's like that one of those kind of things. Like, very, you know, very every first song, very first track, very first, uh, lead off single was, um, looking for love. Okay. Wow. Oh, that wasn't the single. So the singles were like, every time I think of you, every time I think of you, it always turns out good. But they have like, isn't it time? Isn't it time? That song, I think it's off their second album. um, It's just killer. Just such great, great rock, pop, melodic. It's kind of like if Journey was kind of indie cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little bit. I I, I love Journey, and because I'm a Bay Area guy, but at the same time, I thought the babies had a little bit of that English British oh, hipness totally. that that uh, Journey didn't have. And uh, and, and actually, and there is a isn't there a baby? A big time, what's that? Isn't there a baby in Journey? Didn't didn't Jonathan? Yeah, Kane? I was I was gonna say there's a there's a tie-in with that, which at the end of the babies, which was eighty one. 1981 was the end because the start was like 76 ish, you know? So at the end of, at the end of the babies, they were touring with journey and it was like infighting and stuff like that. So journey was totally courting Jonathan came who has been in journey for the last 30 years, whatever, 40 years. And he was in the babies. So they were courting him already. And there's even some really cool stories that we can't get into because it's going to be a three hour show. But, um, but you know all the inside stuff of that, right? You know oh yeah, that. yeah. No, it's crazy shit. And you know, I, in my opinion, if they were waited out one more year because MTV was about to come out in '82, and the babies were so cool and visual, if they would have waited one more year, I think they would have been an iconic band in history, even though they're indie iconic. But I think they would have been a mainstream if they would have kept it together, you know, because they. Then they would have been on MTV. And that, at, at, during those you know. days, my two favorite singers were Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, which I'm sure you'll agree with me on that one, and John Definitely. Waite. John, John Waite, Waite from the Babies, because John Waite. I mean, 
the, the, the songs Head First, um, Midnight, Midnight Rendezvous, Rendezvous. Uh, you know. Back on my feet again. Oh, my God. Now, I, I feel like <laughs> Damone. I feel like Damone from uh, from Fast Size Rich on High every time. Yeah. What about the tunes? What, you know, <laughs> what about the tunes? And it's like friggin', um, what, what was the album? I guess you couldn't do Sweet 17 do you do that yeah. song in 2020? We don't, we don't, but, but Wally, Wally Stocker, who's the original guitar player, who's in the new version, that was his riff, you know, there he is. So like, we just don't do it. We just don't do it, you know? Well, but I the th cool thing about, the cool thing about the babies for me, real, really quick is I, I was 14 years old and I was air guitaring to like, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, like I was a little kid and I had, as you know, that was in my thing, you know, because I had like, my mom had all killer records. Everyone in my neighborhood was, was older and they were turning me on to music. And I was like a child guitar player. Right. So the cool thing about my life is three of my favorite bands, I would say growing up are the babies, stars and angel. S T A R Z. And yeah. and angel, their their logo you can turn upside down, and it still says angel. I think angel and stars actually didn't they have the same yeah. management? So maybe all, all coin maybe. But coin? the okay. cool thing, the cool thing about it for me is being a little kid into those bands. Fast forward to like now, I, I play with the babies, and and I I wrote most of the songs on the new studio album. Um, um, I'm writing and producing with uh, Frank Domino, the singer and angel. An angel. So we, we we got some stuff that hopefully is going to end up on his on his next solo album. Is Punky and Star, Meadows is Punky Meadows part of that yeah. project as well? Yes, yeah, Punky Punky and Frank are, are back together, Damn. like doing a, doing. Folks, yeah. that's and our sound. They bite. sound good. That's our sound bite that Joey Sykes is putting Angel. Bring no, Frank Domino. No, I'm saying you're you're bringing Angel back together. Oh no, they're already doing stuff. I'm know, just working with Frank. I know you're working with Frank, but okay. uh, let, I don't want to never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I was about ready to hype something up, dude. I was just <laughs> oh, saying that you, you just stole Punky Meadows haircut. Uh, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm so nervous about like fucking psych said blah blah blah. What a loser. Yeah. No, like I don't want I don't want that to come back at me. No, 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 no. Trust then, me. Not enough people start. listen to our podcast. It's gonna like gonna gonna start some sort of controversy and stuff like that. Trust me, man. But you know what? And then, we could grow it up. If you're watching right now, if you're listening right now and you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button right now on our YouTube channel because we're hitting uh, here with uh Joey Sykes. And um honestly <laughs> We are going to move on because we've been talking past, we've been talking babies, we've been talking uh, Tommy Henriksen and uh, all the bands that uh, Joey has been a part of. But we are going to sort of take a quick, quick break right now so that you can uh, listen to this little commercial. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what the main event, what Joey Sykes is up to right now. So thank you very much for tuning in so far to um, uh, In the Trenches. Part two is coming up. Listen to this real quick, though, folks. Come on. Hello, folks. Roxy here. So you've decided to learn with the System 12 guitar method. Awesome job. Well, these lessons are so much more than just put your fingers here. Now strum this chord there. We have meticulously designed and tested them to make sure that you begin your guitar journey the absolute best way possible. Now, we know you're as excited as we are to get going, and that's why we're going to give you even more added incentive to achieve your goal. We are setting a challenge. 
the System 12-Week Guitar Challenge. That's right. Starting on the Black Friday Cyber Monday weekend in late November, the entire Roxy Guitar Army team will be involved in helping you stay focused and stay inspired as we coach you through each of the lessons of System 12. Each week, we will release an insider's video that will give you goals, tips, and tricks on how to get the most out of each lesson. Together, we'll create a community of encouragement and support as we will all be on the same page. So, RGA, we challenge you to better yourself, to learn the guitar like you said you always would, to play those iconic riffs, those classic songs, and become the best guitarist you can be. Check out and buy the official System 12 Guitar Method today at ryanroxy.com system12 or at our Ryan Roxy Instagram store and get ready to enjoy the ride. I'm Ryan Roxy, and I'll see you at the Guitar Challenge. And of course, I'll see you back in the trenches. Hi. I think I got it. <laughs> there you go. And doesn't it seem the magic, Very cool. the magic movie magic, but you know it's uh, commercial because I have different glasses on. Well, thank you very much, uh, Danny Danny. Um, appreciate it. We love Euros. God, love the Euros. And uh, we're sitting here with jo- Joey Sykes. I almost said John Sykes. Oh, I almost did don't it. Don't go there. Don't go there. Joey Sykes. And we're talking about um, his current projects right now that he's up to. And uh, Honey River, I says, ranks up above uh, above uh, a lot of the other stuff that's out there right now as far as, I know, but let me in. I really think that you have Dave Rattenberry as uh, one of your... Um, sort of producers here on this because you describe yourself as modern vin- vintage country rock, modern vintage country rock. Can you, can you make that more specific? You know, I, I go to Nashville a lot or I was before this all happened, but I, I, I spend a lot of time in Nashville to uh, do like songwriting trips. I, I would go there. I go there for like 10 days and just write marathon writing trips. So over the years, the last like eight years, I started you know, piling up these songs and I'm like, this is, this is dumb. These songs are really good. And it's just so hard to get a song on somebody's record. So you end up writing, you know, 50 songs and maybe one gets on a record, you know, somewhere. And I said, I want to put a band like a modern day kind of uh, like Tom Petty meets Jackson Brown meets the Eagles, you know, just country rock, a lot of harmonies, a lot of guitar, but cool, you know, like, like I, I always look at pictures of of early Jackson Brown and old Eagles pictures, and they and how they were together in the early '70s in California. And I'm always like, that's the time I felt like I should have been born in. And like, and so I wanted to put something that is reminiscent to that, you know. And that's Honey River so far, you know. Oh. Not out yet. But. I remember, I remember right before Honey River, you gave me one of your solo records. It was called New Classic Rock. And I, right. and I was actually listening to that as well earlier, folks. Like I said, you need to go check out Cliche First by <laughs> Coward. That's your homework. But then if you want to also check out uh, Joey Sykes' new classic rock, um, that has a very cool Tom Petty-ish type of vibe to it. And um, I was just wondering, it's, it's cool that you get to, that you mentioned Tom Petty because he's one of my favorite rock and rollers because it is, it's, it is sort of just, Straight ahead, nice guitar driven, great melodic songs. And the cool thing about it is that with Honey River, you actually had Tom Petty drummer Steve Ferroni play on a few of the tracks. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I was so fortunate. I mean, not long after Tom died, um, you know, luckily 
I mean, luckily that Steve Ferroni came into my life because, you know, you would think he would just shut down for a, a long time after something like that happens. Uh, so we kind of got, oh, look at the shirt. How embarrassing. <laughs> Well, that was just before uh, the show. I just like the shirt, man. You know, it's, the I know same, you would... it's the same glasses, too, Joey. Come on. Uh, you know, it's I'm... the same haircut. You know what I thought about earlier today? <laughs> I thought about at one point in your life, at one point in our in our life, we kind of just wear what we wear, and we just kind of just go with it. Because you can go through all these changes. Like, I had blonde dreadlocks. I had a mohawk. I had that Billy Idol short hair. But then, you know what? When I got this bandana or this uh, beanie, which is sort of a, you know, a lame ripoff of a Johnny Depp sort of 1980s, early 90s beanie, I just stuck with it. And I still have it from those days. Hey, I had choices, man. I got other shirts. I just, this was... <laughs> This was hand chosen, not even factoring in old photos, and these glass and these glasses. Like honestly, they're wobbly and they're about to die, and that they won't be able to be replaceable. But I just like the way they look, so that's why I wear them. I I got choices on those too. Joey, you look like you just so, got a new haircut. Is it a new haircut? Because your no, hair looks, uh, it's not a new haircut. A uh, straightening iron, flat iron. Oh shit! See, I, yeah, I I. I completely gave in to the straightening iron. I just what I do now is I just put a bunch of gel in my hair and let it curl up naturally and just say f it. You know, I I know that's about the straightening done. iron. I know about the yeah. I, I, I'm one of the few that that's probably gone through all the different irons of the uh, of the decade. <laughs> of, you know, I went through the curling iron, the crimping iron. Did you ever use a crimping oh, iron? Come on, didn't go crimping. Didn't crimp. You no. never crimped. Oh, you no. got to cramp. You never know what life is like unless you cramp. Look at our Vic, our producer, Vix, is shaking his head like, come on, dude, you crimped. Everybody crimped. And then and then I found the flat iron, and then the flat iron was there for many, many years, and then now it's just... Like, you probably you probably know brand names. Um, like flat iron brand names. <laughs> I actually do. I actually was endorsed at one point with a flat iron company. Yeah. yeah. The whole band got endorsed. But, that wouldn't uh, surprise me. That's for another story. They're, they're not paying us to do this podcast. So unless they become right. an official sponsor, we were not going to mention their name. Um, I want to talk about one of the songs you wrote during this whole crazy ass year of 2020. And you put it out. Um, and it's aptly titled. It's very positive. It has, a, it has a, a positive. The way I sort of saw it was a positive Jason Morantz type of vibe. Is that Jason, yes. Jason Mraz? I don't fair know. enough. I don't. I don't love him. I don't but, either. But, I don't. I, but fair I, enough. Fact, but fair enough. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I think I just <laughs> said his name wrong. Jason Mraz. That's what it is. Jason Mraz. I actually went on. Um, I went on the YouTube to check out the pronunciation of his name because I didn't. You know, I like to get the pronunciation of, of names right. Joe Satriani. It's not Joe Satriani. Joe Satriani, like I always thought. He calls himself Joe Satriani. Because he's East Coast as well. You're Joey Sykes. Jason Mraz is Jason Mraz. But you know what? After going on and seeing a, a few of the videos, um, he's a little bit of a dick in interviews. As much as I thought he was going to be all positive and cool, he's a little bit dickish. And you know what? I'm calling you out, Jason. You want to come on the show and prove you're not a dick? Come on out. You know? I felt bad. I felt bad by saying I don't love him. And you went, wait, you went nuclear on him. Oh, what did I say? You're like, I he's, say a something bad? he's a dick. <laughs> bit of a dick. 
I just said I you don't really said, love him. You just said it. So we can cut that shit. And we can just, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, that's right? That's the way fake news works, baby. All right. I said, like, I got, I got to be careful, but but I, I know he doesn't love me. So, you know. He doesn't. We're even. You and he Jason? Doesn't. Oh, whoa. What, what happened between you and Jason Mraz? Oh, nothing. I'm assuming he doesn't love me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he don't yeah know. So. Uh, you don't even know my name. But you know what, Jason? Oh, cool. Calling you out to come out. But you know what? Enough of Jason. Let's get it to let's get through this. How did that song come about? Obviously, was it something that you had kicking around for a while or how did it all come together in during this time? You know, it's one of those songs I have p- piles and piles of, you know, tracks and MP3 and ideas in my little recorder and I had this idea for about 3 years of let's get through this and I used to just have the guitar chords and I never did anything with the song. I didn't even write it. So when this, all this came about in March and, and it was kicking in full time, you know, big time, I, I got inspired to finish the song and kind of make it about what we're all going through. But I didn't want it to be a down song. I want, like you said, I wanted it to be kind of like almost have a bit of a, a reggae feel, uh, just like a, a big hook, some, something that you'll, you'll be in your head as soon as you hear the song. I even started it with the chorus. So um, then I put it out there and just tried to kind of, you know, some cool things happen, got some airplay, but uh, it's out there. Very nice. Very nice. Full yeah. full disclosure in the in the System Twelve Guitar Method. I was hyping up for the man earlier, just in that last commercial. We do teach a Jason Mraz song, so maybe it's just my inner sort of. I'm. It's the inner rage. I mean, maybe it's just jealousy. You know, I I, I don't want to be. Yeah, but, you know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> gotta learn how to deal with it. We just gotta learn how. The, the thing is, there's so many aspects of this business that you want to think are competitive. You want to think that, that, that but but then you realize it shouldn't be competitive at all. Yeah. A good song is a good song, right? And and what is it that? Because because now that you've been writing with so many of these Nashville guys that are hit makers, and and you've you've just gotten inside their heads. You 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 collaborate with them. What, what's your takeaway as far as, you know, being able to create and, and not get too competitive <clears throat> and stuff? I think my, my journey in Nashville is different in the way that, like, I would go prepared with a lot of melodies and guitar ideas and stuff like that, that, that I would, like, you know, sing a song to somebody and maybe a title, you know. And then what I loved about Nashville that what I, you know, find very useful and it's made me better is lyrics. They really, there's some really special lyric writers who kind of craft a really nice story and and, and it's, it's always really clean. There's no like throwaway lines. And I, and I, you know, probably got that into my own writing and it made me a better writer. So that's, that's what I love about it, you know, but for me, that's my angle is, is bringing the guitar hooks and melodies and stuff like that. But do you also have maybe keep some sort of uh, notebook of those nuggets of good lines that you have? Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a, I got in, my, in my, my laptop. I bring my laptop and I have like a, a word doc that's about it takes me every time I'm looking for a line and I need to go there. I got a, it's a half hour scroll. Seriously, like it's that long. Cause I just wow. keep adding to it, you know? So I got to go down and look for next page, next page. And I see, Oh, that, that, I wrote that one a long time ago. That's a good title. And I just, so yeah, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of just ideas that are unwritten even, you know? So if I never wrote another new idea, I probably have enough of the 
a lifetime. You can but just I'm always go back writing, into so. yeah, go back into the vault, so to speak. Yeah. Well, exactly. How do you uh, get? Because this is advice for a lot of aspiring people in bands and a lot of aspiring songwriters. You've had some crazy, crazy good fortune with getting some songs into movies. Well, you, you mentioned the Tommy Hendrickson song that was uh, per, first put in a movie, but your own songs, um, they've been put in movies like The Purge, uh, Daddy, Day Ca- Daddy Daycare Camp or something, Daddy Day Camp? Daddy Day Camp. Yeah, yeah Daddy Day Camp. Yeah. As, as well as TV shows <clears throat> as The Hills, mm-hmm. Roswell, and even this is this is a big credit to you. You got a song in the TV show Nashville, which is like full of Nashville yo cats. And here's this kid from New York via you know <laughs> the, the, the transplant to LA, but then you go to Nashville. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good accolades to get onto to uh, Nashville TV show as well. How did how does that all come about? Well, I I think I pivoted to a songwriter as opposed to. Uh, I, I don't, I, you know, I probably stopped getting better on guitar, like knowing all the scales and all the blah, blah, blah. I probably like 20 years ago, I stopped advancing with that. I mean, I'm happy the way I play. I could, I could feel like I could play with anybody and, and be fine. I don't really shred. I don't play really blazing fast, you know? Don't so need to. that's, well, that's the part that I just, you know, when, when I saw Eddie Van Halen do as well as he can do that, even even someone like John Levin, who's friends of ours, you know, yes. when and I kind of grew up with him as well, you know. Great so point. when I see those guys doing it at that level, I said, if I if I lock myself in my room for 15 hours a day, maybe I'll get almost as good as those guys. I said, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so you so you chose so, to focus on what you songwriting. Yeah. What you what you feel is great, but but obviously playing guitar and the babies, you're proficient. You can hold down. You can hang with anybody, and you know, yeah, the, the, you're yeah. not a schlep. I'm satisfied industry. with, yeah, I'm satisfied with where I am as a guitar player. But um, I pivoted, like I said, a long time ago. But I just really had the interest, you know. I just I, I love great songs, you know. So. Um, so that's where my, my kind of head went in, in the last, like, I would say, 15 solid years of just really bogging down and making sure I'm, I'm writing top-notch stuff and, and go to that next level. And part of it, like you said before, I'm not, I, I don't get jealous or envious. I try to learn. I just try to learn from people, you know. And going to Nashville and writing with some of those people who have Grammys and number one songs for Luke Bryan or blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm with these people in a room, so I feel like... This is cool. I'm I'm equal now. I'm getting that shot. So now, what are you going to do with that shot? Put you know, push up the bar. You know, raise the bar and, and really bring your best. And you know, I, I get callbacks when I go there, and I so I, I I feel like they enjoy writing with me and that I bring something to the table. So that makes me happy. You know, that's the way, that's the reason why I love having this podcast is because my whole competitive sort of like nature is tamed because I'm always inspired by every guest that we have. And, you know, you've inspired me today, you know, to, to have this sort of just your knowledge, dude. And just the things that you do to, to, you know, create makes me think like, Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be competitive, and and I, I know that. But there's this competitive nature in me that wants to always sort of push and let go. And I think as guitar players, we kind of do that for some reason. Drummers don't do it as much. They're way more supportive of each other. But the reason why this podcast, I feel like, um, is getting successful and growing is because the camaraderie between the guitar players. And the support and the inspiration, obviously, that I that I get from all of you guys that are, are well, uh, I, you know, Ryan, I'll throw it back to you, man. You know how many times I've seen you play, mainly with Alice. You know, every time I see you play, man, I look at you and I, I and I, I I I think and I tell whoever I'm with that how great you are and how cool you are and how I am envious, but not in a way like I, I'm so happy for you. You're doing it up there at such a high level. You're totally killing it every time I've ever seen you. And being with Tommy almost like brings a tear to my eye, like seeing both of you guys <laughs> do that at such a high level where it's like, you know, you guys are legends, you know, and, 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 and you always bring it. Do you guys you know, feel the love in this room? Do you feel the love in this in this episode, folks? This is our election day. You know, there's there might not be love outside of this episode right now, but right now in this episode, we've got love. Thank you, God. And we also have Joey Sykes. Um, we are talking so much guitar, and I want to talk more guitar because the newest thing that you put out, uh, at least I think the newest thing that I could gather from the dark web, is um, the song... Well, of course, it's a classic song. Um, My guitar gently weeps. And now, where was the inspiration behind that? Because when you talk about guitar players, that is one of those songs that you have to have a ton of great guitar players just to even compete with the original version. Because anytime you try to cover a Beatles song, it's going to be an uphill battle. And it's it's one of those yeah. things that you probably shouldn't do. But... You did it, and you did a great job doing it. So, how did how did uh, my guitar gently weeps come about, and who did you get to work on it? So, um, somewhere around, I guess April. You know, again, when I knew no one was touring and everyone was, you know, available for the most part. You know, I have a lot of people that I work with just on different music and friends with and stuff like that. And um, I wanted to do something, you know. Uh, positive, you know, something that could maybe raise, you know, like pick a charity and do something that's, you know, nice, uh, just a nice thing to do. So I decided to do an instrumental version of While My Guitar Gently Weeps um, and 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 uh, partner up with a couple of charities, uh, Little Kids Rock and Save the Music. And they both raise money for music education in public schools. So that, that to me speaks... There it is. You don't have your capital shirt on, at least. You got the same glasses, though. Give it a minute. Is everybody sort of gets listed as, as who they are, right? During the video? In the roots, yeah. Here's your buddy Steve Ferroni. Look at that hair. He's got Tommy Henderson here. Tommy Henderson Warlock here. Nice solo, Joe. Earl Slick. Oh, boy. 
get multiple drummers as well. Yeah. I love it. So Vic, so go ahead. Yeah. So so uh, so I I decided on that. I I decided an instrumental version of that song. First guy I called was Steve Ferroni. He was in, and Steve Ferroni um, played on that version where Prince does the, the crazy solo on the Hall of Fame performance. That's a viral video of Prince just yes. taking over uh, my guitar. Gently so Steve with. Ferroni yeah. is the drummer on that. Oh, killer. And then Greg Bissonette is the other drummer. The other drummer, he's Ringo's drummer. He also played with David Lee Roth. He, probably your listeners know him from when uh, David Lee Roth went solo in the, after Van Halen. He was that blonde drummer. So anyway, so started with them too. Then I just, you know, had like this crazy list. And it, the people I was emailing with um, are just really so surreal like you people that you wouldn't think have email like i, I could throw out a couple of names that aren't on please there drop them please drop with. a few of the names that aren't on there so alex lifeson from rush absolutely neil Schoen, journey yeah. steve lukather um Toto. just all these all, all these players that i was emailing with and i thought i had them like they were you know going back and forth making for one thing or another then and like it came up to the deadline and i was like this is crazy man and that also, you know, I know we were, we were talking about it's it sucks that, you know, we couldn't, you know, make it happen. I wanted you on it really bad, but for circumstances or whatever. But, uh, you know, Beyond the our next control. one, we'll, we'll do another one. Yeah, yeah, we'll do another one. So wait, so, so now so you, I have you had all these you had all this email. So let me let me let me get this straight. So yeah. you had all these email backs and forth going. It looks good. It looks good. But then some people are, are what happens? Some people are not able to do it. Some people don't make the deadline. It's kind of like doing this podcast because sometimes I feel that, you know, I'll, I'll send some. I'll throw some leads out. I'll say, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And of course, you know, if we, if we send them the Joe Satriani clip, thank you, Federock, by the way. If we send out, you know, a few of the clips, they go, oh, yeah, you got a few views on that. I'll, I'll come and do it. And then sometimes it works out in the schedule. Sometimes it doesn't. Thank goodness you were able to work out on this. But is it the same sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I had people like literally emailing me back. Like I, I sent them the track. They said, yeah, this is great, man. I'm on it. You know, then like, a, like a funny story literally happened the other day. One of the guys, I'm not even going to say, cause it, it would embarrass him is a really famous guitar player. I sent a text to him about two months ago before it was finalized. Cause we've been going back and forth. I'm like, Hey bro. And any, any update, any word, this was two months ago, about two, three days ago, I get a text back from him saying, Hey man, I'm in the studio. I'll call you later. <laughs> like obviously dropped the ball somehow, but, and he's obviously not in it, but you, you know. can say Jason Moran's name if you want to, and you can just call <laughs> him out for what it is. Cause you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so, so now I have a lot of famous people's emails. I I, I should sell them on uh, e email bay. Dark web, dude. Dark web. Yeah. No, no you know what? <laughs> you got them in your Rolodex. So when someone hacks your phone, yeah, there you go. To add a little bonus. <laughs> and some of the people didn't do it. Full disclosure, some people didn't do it because of COVID. They didn't have like a studio set up and they didn't feel comfortable going out to a studio and they just were kind of in a lockdown thing. And uh, one person just went through hand surgery. So it was, um, you know, it was about, I would say, seven, eight really famous people that I thought I was going to get because we were back and forth. 
and it just didn't happen. So I was starting to think like, what if all se seven of these really big people say yes, in addition to what I've already recorded? It's going to be I'm only like, like four notes good, per guitar player. No, it worked <laughs> out be good. good. It worked out yeah. good. The, the video uh, looks great. You should check it out, folks. As soon as we finish up this interview, which we are wrapping up right now, but I <laughs> want everyone to check out uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, as well as um, the other songs that we talked about earlier with as far as... Um, Oh my God! Where's my Where's my notes here? Honey River, of course. Let's get through this, which is another sort of uh, Joey Sykes solo project, and of course, Cowards. What's the song I said you had to get? Cliche. Cliche. Got to check that song out as well. So, folks, you have homework. But if people want to get to know Joey Sykes more, this is where Joey Sykes himself you know, throws out your own social media because uh, we are heading out to the highway. What's the best way to get in touch with you if people want to um, sort of get in touch with Joey and find out more about him? And, uh, you know, please say it for the people listening to the audio platforms as well. Yeah, well, all of these, you know, I could always use some more uh, followers on Instagram uh, at Joey Sykes 903. That's S-Y-K-E-S. Uh my uh, Facebook fan page, Joey Sykes Music. My my YouTube page, I would love for to get a bunch of subscribers because I got all my original stuff and my projects are going to be going through. That's like my record label is my YouTube page. So please go there and subscribe, Joey Sykes Music videos. And then uh, as a refresher on all these name-dropping things and songs, <laughs> joeysykes.com is my old-school website, which has a bio and, you know, kind of... Uh, I know you don't expect you to remember all the stuff that Ryan was throwing out. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, they remember. They have good retention, I'm telling you. And there it is. There's the Boys Town. It's the reunion 2020, the Boys Town reunion. The first band that, that we started talking about, it didn't happen in 2020. So the reason why Vic put that up, I have no idea. But thank you, buddy, for, for putting that up there. Because my Thanks, whole Vic. segue was going to be your Instagram. Uh, your Instagram handle is handle do people even say handle anymore is that a, a antiquated term at joey sykes 903 there couldn't have been 902 other joey sykes out there what's the 903 my birthday hey, hey so there you go number third <laughs> uh, there you go so yeah now, so basically now folks what we've got our takeaways from this is that you found out that uh, jason morantz is an asshole and that uh joey sykes password is probably something 903 so there you go. <laughs> I'm going to make you change all your passwords now. And you know what, Jason, you're not, you're not an a-hole. You're a good guy. And Jason, you're welcome to come on the show anytime. Um, of course, folks, we've had Joey Sykes on the show today. It's been our election day, uh, sort of special. We haven't even mentioned the E word the electoral thing, because I mean, I figure people are going to be watching this um, maybe after the election. So, you know, is it, how are you feeling just as an American guy living in Los Angeles? Is, it, is there a lot of nervous energy of what's going on or how, how's your general feeling? Uh, it's just, it's been so stupid, like dumbed down. Everything seems dumbed down for the last, you know, couple of years. It's just enough, you know, enough stupidity. And, and, and like, it just doesn't feel like a country. It feels like just, you know, people digging up stupid things that are probably irrelevant. And, uh, some of it is relevant, but I'm, I'm really ready for it not to be like this, you know, either so. way, it's gotta be a calming. 
I think there has to be some sort of break and a step back, you know, no matter what happens within this election. I, like I said, I try not to get political at yeah, all because I, I, the minute I know that uh, if I start to get political and, and say, okay, this is the way I feel, I'm alienating at least 50% of the audience that listens to me or supports me. Exactly. Because, and, exactly. and the thing is, this is not, what we do as far as music and entertainment is to take people away from all of that. It's that right. your escape, your safe zone, your little safe places. What we do is here, right here in this little environment that we've sort of manufactured and we've made. And whether it's your songs and the songs that you write and create and put out there, it's an escape from what all the shit and crap that's out there. So, you know, I agree. And let me just say, I, I am reading every one of your, uh, your your fans' messages, and thank you for all the nice words. I, I'm not writing back because whatever, but in be my mind, afterwards. I'm writing back. You're going to be busy afterwards. <laughs> you, you know what you're going to yeah, have to do? Thank the you, one everybody. thing you won't have to choose and you won't have to be busy doing is choosing a shirt, which you'll wear for your next interview. Uh, kind of, why did I know I was going to get this? <laughs> That's it, man. This might be retirement. This might be re the retirement show for my shirt. Maybe, Joey. Not my glasses. Be, is it a giveaway? <laughs> Maybe it's a maybe it's a it's a celebrity uh, giveaway. Joey will give the shirt off his back. You know what? Basically, I did, folks. If anyone's and there, it is. You have Alice Cooper, original bass Dennis player, Dunaway. Dennis Way, watching you right now. Love wow! It. Hey, that's a, that's, that's great. A thrill. And for those of you keeping score at home, um, I've basically just wore the same shirt that I wore last week. I just turned it inside out. So go check out. Yeah, it's how, come, how come you don't have an elected shirt on? Um, <laughs> that's a great song you know what a oh. couple of years ago god was it a couple of years ago or was it four years ago we did the jimmy kimmel show and um that was that was the song that we did was elected of course and, and i was there were you there for that taping yeah oh shit that was a crazy night right that was a good that was one. one of those times when I'm looking at you and on one hand, I'm like, I love Ryan. I love Tommy. <laughs> this is so cool, man. On the, on the other hand, I'm on calling back to New York and seeing if I can find somebody to take out some knees, you know, say, this is the guy. I gotta, then I go, I'll call it off. I'm going to call it off because I love Ryan. Damn it. I love it. <laughs> well, we're bringing guitar players together for an is it At one point, we're going to have to have lunch and the, you know where the lunch will be? It'll be at Paquito Moss. My my Certainly. my treat next time. Um, I might see you. Hopefully, no, it's not Benny Hanna's. Come on, Vic. Uh, Vic's board. Vic's board, man. <laughs> thank you guys so much for being a part of it in the chat. Um, Joey, thank you very thank much you so for much, being Brian. a part of it. Love you, buddy. Go go check out all the links. Um, if we can put up the links just one more time for uh, our fans that are listening to it and uh, fans, come on, our family that's listening to it and checking it out each and every week. We will do, um, there it is, at Joey Sykes, uh, 903 at Joey Sykes Music, joeysykes.com. Uh, and Joey, a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we'll have you on again um, as soon as everything gets back to some sort of normalcy, if you will. And uh, Yeah, so yeah. cool, man. Thank you so much. Great, man. Love having you on, uh, folks. Again, we'll see you next week. This has been our election special without any sort of talk about elections. And uh, until next time, enjoy the ride. Thank you, Vic. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello.